Welcome to your Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons. Jam-packed with news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Today's top story, apparently Vice President Mike Pence will not self-isolate. Will not self-isolate. So there you go. What that a was racist. the top story in my news feed today. Why was he supposed like to self-isolate a lot, again? A lot, a lot going on. Who tested positive? I think his aide or his, uh, was it his aide, an aide of his, I believe, tested positive? An aide of his and an aide of Ivanka's, her first aide. And last week we had Trump's driver. And now we have some other right? people in the administration. There was actually one administration member who tested positive and then the next day tested negative again. General Joseph Lingyai received both a positive and negative COVID test result. So now he's got to take a third one because he doesn't know See, if he has test, it. I think the test is this is just a, a measure of like certain proteins in the blood. I think it's a PCR test. So they're saying, I was just reading an article about how people are being super fussy about this test, but it basically tells you what it needs to tell you, but it doesn't actually tell you like that the virus is growing in your blood. So maybe there's different kinds of tests, but I can understand that it could be very inaccurate. And even what it does test for isn't exactly like this disease contagion, you know, microbial load or anything like that. It's like you're supposed to test until you get a positive test. There was a whole article about a family in New York that it was a big, you know, your kind of New York Times Magazine kind of article where they all thought they had it. And and the mother and one daughter tested positive for it. The dad tested negative for it. One of the daughter, the other daughter tested negative for it, but positive for the antibodies. And then the husband is going to go back and keep testing till he gets a positive. That's what it feels like you're supposed to do, because if you get a negative test, it doesn't matter. They're like, you still probably have it, so come back but, tomorrow. But there's risk either way. If you have a positive test or antibody test or whatever, maybe that means you get to go back to work. But on the other hand, maybe it means that you're tainted. Some people are being prejudiced against those who have a positive test. Yeah, that's true. Others are seeing it as a virtue signal, as joining the club. Welcome to Club yeah. COVID. You survived. Speaking of- Fauci is quarantined. Did you know that? Oh, I did see that. He's self He's just taking time off, I'm sure. They say that he's <laughs> quarantined and he's doing some testimony, I believe, via oh. Zoom. It's a little weird that all those people are always on the podium together. Like, are they immune or what? Do I they not know. care? We'll find out. So Jimmy Kimmel came out with a uh, half-hearted or left-handed apology because when you see the full clip of the Mike Pence carrying empty boxes... He's never carries empty boxes. He didn't mean it. As soon as he makes that joke about, hey, let's carry empty boxes for the camera, he walks away. And uh, Kimmel says, oh, excuse me. They weren't empty boxes he used for the photo op. They were full boxes. Photo op's a photo op or a publicity stunt. That's what he called it. Like as if everything these guys do doesn't have a publicity element to it. It's just silly. Yeah, and the video was edited too. So Kimmel showed a doctored video, oh, which would get yes. removed if it were a right-wing video. Yeah, that's uncool. Yeah. And I don't know why he would do that. Like, if he knew that or, 
you know, I just don't know. I don't I, I don't know if they throw this stuff out there to just as fodder for the dialectic grist and the dialectical mill, or is it really that he was trying to take a shot at Pence and didn't care or knew and didn't care? He probably didn't know. Whoever gave him the video probably did it, so. but he doesn't care. He's Jimmy Blackface Kimmel has no problem being a hypocrite. Right. So there was a big article in the journal today how they are pulling back on the use of ventilators. And in the article itself, it even had like all the contradictory stories. There are so many contradictory stories, of course. So what they're saying is at first people were coming in with this ultra low blood oxygen level, but they still seemed completely fine when I would expect when the doctors would expect them to be unconscious. So I would like to see how they were testing that, why this how it's even physiologically possible if they were using different testing, if they had different protocols than they used to have. But they said that these people had such low oxygen levels that even if if under normal circumstances you wouldn't put a healthy person on a ventilator, they feared that these people were just on the verge of crashing to the point of no return. So they, but I remembered that the reason that I had read that they weren't putting people on ventil- that they were putting people on ventilators who would not normally be on ventilators was that the normal course of events, which is just kind of oxygen or CPAP, could aerosolize the virus and endanger healthcare workers. Later in the article, it says, well, some places were doing it that way, but regardless, they're pulling back on the ventilators. Then they start getting into the death rates. In one healthcare system in New York, 88% of COVID patients on ventilators died and 12% who who only 12% died who were not put on ventilators. Now, it could be that they put the sickest people on the ventilators. It would also be interesting to see if the study controlled for that at all. It mentions that problem, possible problem with the study, but doesn't resolve the question in the Wall Street Journal. So typical art of ambiguity. But my my question is, the the whole thing from the beginning has been to flatten the curve. They weren't actually going to reduce the number of deaths. They just wanted to flatten the curve. So one thing I have to say about that is if they weren't going to reduce the number of deaths, we can see by the end of this, however many people die or how many people were ever going to die, according to their own story, is that they were flattening the curve, they weren't preventing deaths. So if since deaths are actually on a par with last year, or even a little bit lower, seems to me there was absolutely nothing there. But in any case, they were flattening the curve because they didn't want to strain the healthcare system. Specifically, they didn't want to run out of ventilators because that's really the only thing that you can do for somebody who has a virus that you don't have a cure for. And and Mike, Mike, from the beginning, from when you first raised the issue about the ventilators, it seemed pretty clear that the the basically the more ventilators you use, the higher fatality rate you have. And the only real thing that separates the fatality rate of this disease from the fatality rate of a regular flu season is this spike that happens when you put people on ventilators. Why is having a shortage of ventilators something you want to prevent? Like the whole thing is completely circular. And I think the numbers are bearing it all out. Now that isn't going to change the course of action, which I will get into a, a little bit how the complete economic and even, and of course, cultural, but even food habits in the, in the world, especially this country are going to change dramatically and never come back. 
Yeah, and they didn't just put people on ventilators. They put people on ventilators, which is already a risky move. They put them on it in a situation that was not conducive to getting off of the ventilator. They were isolated. They were by themselves. They weren't setting people up to survive. That's another thing is that that applies not only, I think, to the ventilators, but to how people are treated in nursing homes when you're telling them they can't get visitors. And these are places that are notoriously poor for acute medical care. I mean, they're not even really supposed to have acute medical care. And I have learned firsthand that the outcomes are much better when you're by somebody's side than when you're not. So uh, I had somebody say to me, a nurse, that... No, it's possible that all of the spikes in deaths, especially in New York, or I thought especially in New York, is from basically malpractice. Now, it's probably not technically malpractice because the protocols were changed for this event, so they can't be held responsible probably. And then you have all these lawmakers wanting to insulate people from liability because they don't want to get dragged in because if these guys say, well, I'm liable, yes, but I was also told bad protocols by people who should have known better, then you drag in the hospital, you drag in the policymakers. So that's why I think they want to give liability at the ground floor. And I think that there is a lot of what would be under normal circumstances on individual bases, malpractice suits legitimate. Absolutely. I think you could investigate whether or not they were putting people on those intubators for incentive, for financial incentive, because we know that they were getting more money from Medicare, Medicaid. Which one is it? Uh, Medicare is for old people. I think yeah. it might be. If the pro, I guess the question would be, do they violate protocol to get the money? If they, if the protocol yes. is totally consistent with the money then you would just look to the protocol because if they just did it for the money, they'd be open to malpractice. But if the protocols changed along with the financial incentives, they can just, they they already had a financial incentive to take, to follow the protocols because that's how you get insulated from malpractice suits. Yes, it is Medicare, you're correct. Medicare is the old yeah. people. Yeah. So there's been more mask-related violence. Another weekend, another story about mask-related violence. <laughs> Seems every weekend, not even every weekend, almost every other day or so. This time it was from Alabama. A Walmart in Alabama is where the incident occurred. A woman came into the store. She was committing the ultimate sin, which is burying her disgusting face. You're not allowed to do that anymore. Oh, my gosh. And when she came in there, she was asked to put on a mask. She got upset about it, and she started to get a little bit disorderly. There was an off-duty officer there who was working security, and he was alerted to the situation when he heard the woman screaming and yell- yelling obscenities at the customers and-, and employees. And she was then asked to leave, but she refused to leave, which prompted the police officer to do what is called a takedown method, what the police oh call a takedown gosh. method, which is basically picking her up and then body slamming her onto the ground. This is what you see in the film, as you see him body slamming her. When you read the article, it makes her out to be this crazy person who was just going batshit nuts because she was asked to and wear a mask. And the video is is cut so yeah. that you just see this ambiguous... You see her right? getting pounded into the ground. And then there was another one about a guy going into a grocery store. He was filming it, so it sounds like he might have been kind of provocateuring it, but he started screaming, saying, you're not going to take away my rights. And there's a theme of these stories going around. I see them everywhere. All of them paint the person not wearing a mask as the crazy, unhinged, potentially violent person, despite the fact that their story is going the other way as well that they don't really cover. Like what? Like the body slamming security guard? Well, the body slamming security guard, I mean, they're going to argue. That's just a way to spin that story. Yeah, they're going to argue that she was crazy. 
But yes, there's other there's other stories like the Rhode Island mayor has been encouraging his citizens to shame those not wearing a mask. He said you should shame them so that they will fall in line or the 86-year-old woman that died in a hospital because a 32-year-old woman shoved her to the ground and she hit her head for not social distancing or the doctor tried to strangle a teenager for not social distancing. They don't really talk about those stories. They only focus on the <laughs> maskless crazy Oh yeah, people. I remember the doctor strangling the teenager. So somebody sent me on Twitter a screenshot of an ad in Delaware for a social compliance officer. Oh, that's a nice name. This, yes, social compliance officer. That is like definitely brain exploding emoji. Do they get a mask? Do they get a black car to go with that? Tinted windows? I don't know. It says that. They do require military training, though, so or it's preferred, and it says some medical stuff, but they have to. There, some of the stuff is required, some of it's preferred, but military training is preferred. De-escalation skills is preferred. Security training is preferred. You have to know how to take a temperature, um, and they prefer people who've had security training in the healthcare environment. So they're, they want people with healthcare security training. They want people who are good at de-escalating situations and taking temperatures. So like, how do you, how do you reconcile, you know, or I should say it's pretty obvious what they're expecting. They're expecting resistance to the, I mean, why would you need a compliance officer, a social compliance officer? I mean, that just says it all. Yeah, that seems to be a bit more than what they're looking for in some of the ads that I saw, which all you needed was a high school degree to become a contact tracer. But we can talk a little bit more about this after we hear from our friends at Neighbors Feed and Seed. Today's show is brought to you by Neighbors Feed and Seed. While other states like Michigan have deemed seed suppliers to be non-essential businesses, that's not the case here in Georgia. And with a lot of us spending more time at home than usual right now, there's no better time to get all of your gardening needs taken care of. And if you're anything like me, then you don't know how to grow a thing in your yard, but you want to learn. Neighbors Feed and Seed has a knowledgeable staff that will give you fantastic advice on how to grow anything. They offer garden supplies, vegetable plants, bird feeds, chicken feeds, premium pet food, just about anything you can think of. And the best part about it is that they are locally owned by a fantastic group of people. So if you're in the Smyrna area, stop by Neighbors Feed and Seed and say hello. Or check out their website at NeighborsFeedandSeed.com. And tell them the Propaganda Report sent you. So yeah, I had, I actually tweeted out the application to be a contact tracer and some, a few tweets said they were going to apply. I myself am applying for a permit to march on DC on 4th of July. I've I've been thinking about it and I was thinking like, maybe just go and not apply for a permit and just see what happens. But I think it, I think I'm going to apply for the permit and see what they say. And, and I just, I don't, I don't know how to handle it. I assume they're going to say we're not issuing permits at this time. And I don't really know how to think about that, about, you know, if you're not allowed to be there, I'm not, I'm not like going to risk death to be the only person standing on the mall. Like if a cop comes up and tries to drag me off, I'm probably going to just limp noodle and let him drag me off or you're whatever. You're supposed to turn your video camera on and your phone and scream. Okay, but regardless, how much good is it going to be if it's totally not permitted and nobody wants to meet me there? You know, so I'm just like, if I could get a permit, then I think we're on. And I, I don't want, I don't need, you know, I, I don't recognize their authority to curtail my First Amendment rights or require a permit for me to exercise them. I do not recognize their authority. 
But I, I just, from a practical point of view, would like to to conjure up something successful here. I would agree. The Ahmad Arbery case continues to unfold. I did a little bit of a deep dive. I did a video. I haven't done a video in years, but I was moved to do a video this time. I want to kind of revive my YouTube channel. I don't want to let Monica Perez show die forever. So if you want to see it, it's at youtube.com forward slash Monica Perez, because I cannot be found by searching. That will never happen. Unless maybe if, if you want to see more videos, subscribe, and maybe I will if actually show up in the search. If you search Monica Perez show, and then you click channels, then you show up. Oh, oh, really? Okay. Because there's like three other Monica Perez's and it, they always come up and I never see myself. But, um, and how about you? If you search Brad Binkley, does it just come up or do you have a dedicated URL? It comes up, but my URL is youtube.com slash Brad Binkley. Oh, okay, good. See, that I think is a sure thing to get to where you want to go. And you have lots of great videos people should look at. I have one at the moment. I watched it. it I took good. everything down. Hmm? It was very good. I watched it. Oh, thank you very much. Well, it's already getting trolled. And uh, because I didn't, so this is what I thought I would get trolled for because I didn't like hyper focus on the race issue because everybody's focusing on the race That's issue. That's what they want and, people to focus on. Yeah. And a lot of times I just, I feel like it's ambiguous, whatever. This one, I really doubt they would have gone after this guy if he was like a clean dressed white kid in that empty right. house. That's, but, yeah, yeah. So, but this, so, but I'm getting trolled already. So I did not focus on the race issue, yet I got a comment that's saying, oh, are you going to do a video about the video that sees him breaking into the, shows him breaking into the house? Like, you know, it's, it was nothing. Like, it was all like a nothing burger. But there is somebody out there trying to push the dialectic, which is why from the beginning, this idea that they were focusing on whether he was out for a jog or not is totally irrelevant. Did these guys have a right to know whatever he was actually doing to go run after him, chase him with guns on the basis of a citizen arrest. Like whether or not he was jogging puts the, whether his guilt or innocence on him. And I think, well, I think it's all a matter for the jury, but I do feel like they are trying to gin up a dialectic here. And it's probably the least apt for that. Although I do have some new details, but God. They're definitely trying to focus on the things that are going to make it divisive. And by folk getting out ahead of it and the media framing it as an unarmed black man just out for a jog, he loved jogging, and then he was gunned down by a lynch mob. Now, what they did was terrible. They should have waited for the police if they really thought that there was a problem. But the media got out ahead of it and intentionally said, he's jogging, he's innocent, this guy's good, this guy's bad, this should be racially divisive, and you guys should fight over it. The court of public opinion has already determined what they view for the most part, and there's now there's protests arising. There's people involved who feel threatened who haven't had a, their day in court as well. And the truth is not going to matter because everything that comes out is going to reinforce what each side already decided about this case. And it's unfortunate. I, yeah. I think that this, they, they, I, I just don't understand how, like, I think it was, I guess I do understand it, but the thing about the jogging is what makes it, it's the only thing, thing you could say about the video that isn't crystal clear. Like he, you can say, well, it doesn't, like you said last week, like it doesn't really look like he's jogging, yeah. but it doesn't matter. Yeah. So focusing on that is what people will be like, see, he wasn't out jogging. This is bullshit, you know? But there were a couple little details, though. One is that 2.23 race wasn't about how far he lived from that place. It w that's the day the he date. died. Yeah, 
Yeah. So, I mean, I just think that was a little, I, I think I read that that was the distance. Yeah. Did read that was the distance. So that was misrepresented. Um, another thing is that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation was already called in when one of the, from what I could tell, I read and read and read, and this is the best I could do. The Georgia Bureau of Investigation was called in before that video dropped. The video, the guy, a defense attorney or a guy who was being considered as a defense attorney for the white guys released that video after the white guys were interviewed by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. So you know how the story is that this that it was dying on the vine until the video got released. That's not quite right. So it's possible that. The third DA, there's going to be a fourth one now, but that the third DA was actually on it. That is possible. But there's been so many shenanigans with the with the way they've been prosecuting or letting cops off the hook back there. And, you know, I've had always had this thing about William David Powell. I talked about in the video, the guy who like was shot in his own driveway. What I did not realize and didn't mention the video that. There, there have been other cases like this, and Georgia passed reform on how that stuff was supposed to be handled. And the William David Powell case, which makes me crazy, happened after the reforms. <laughs> that was a post-reform yeah. scenario. So this thing is a is a mess. I don't even care about the details of this particular case so much. I mean, it's going to get plenty of attention. It's going to be a dialectical thing. But the way these cops do not get indicted ever and it gets all rigged or many examples of it getting rigged at the grand jury level. I mean, that's a danger to everyone. And that's why making it a purely racial kind of takes away the focus on what is, I mean, can can affect everyone. It doesn't have to be a political football. It's us versus them. But that's, that's also why they focus on one that is unclear so that both sides can feel justified. If it were obvious what happened and everybody agreed on who was guilty, then we would never have really heard about this case in the mainstream news because it has to be divisive. It has to be easy for people to take sides that are irrelevant to the facts. And like I said, we've already had the protests. We have Jay-Z writing an open letter in the AJC, which really has very little to do with the case. And it's just all about pushing his social justice virtue signals and and his own his own agenda lance bottoms is going everywhere she's out talking about how trump is responsible for this with his rhetoric stacy abrams keisha lance bottoms they're gonna have a field day maybe this is some sort of thing where stacy abrams and lance bottoms are gonna have a little competition to see who can exploit this the most and maybe that'll give them a, a leg up in the vp race since keisha lance bottoms is now being considered as a vp nominee and there's a couple other interesting things about about this is that Something that nobody's talking about is where all those videos came from, like where the second video came from and where possibly other videos, if they come out, where they're the, going to come from. They, from across the street, the surveillance people's video. People's surveillance house. cameras. This reminds me of yeah. the, the Ring camera stuff they used in Chicago again because Ring has made themselves the camera of the police authority so that basically if you have a Ring cam, you get as many Ring cams installed as possible and the people who install them – generally give compliance for the police to use them you can track or monitor anything it wouldn't surprise me if we saw some more ring cam type videos coming out that make this even more confusing interesting yeah i wouldn't be surprised i i personally feel like the fact that people are taking these videos and judging it in the court of public opinion is is the mistake the the real answer here is there are questions of facts and law that should be addressed by a jury. And and uh, the fact that this guy had been 
investigating Arbery's like shoplifting or whatever, that they were putting resources into that, but they're brushing off the fact that he was killed by these guys who are chasing him with guns is, you know, definitely smacks a dirty pool in, in there. The whole thing smacks of a stupid, complicated situation where it's very much possible that both sides were engaged in something they should not have been engaged in. People have a hard time writing that. It's always got to be good and evil, but both sides can be in the gray area. I don't believe this kid was jogging. jogging No, he didn't look like he was wearing khakis and I don't, and, and he started. He wasn't jogging into that building, but he was also yeah, in the neighborhood think, of the cop that arrested him. He well, it couldn't have been the cop that arrested him. That guy wasn't that guy. That's going to be the defense. Well, the guy, the dad, the dad he's working the on the case. Yes. Yeah, yeah, because he the, had been yeah. a cop, but way before these that. families had a history. They knew who each other were, and if the Mc second Michael says he did not recognize him. Now I'm not saying that's yeah, true. I don't know that I believe that. Right. The second video, which they're still trying to fill fill in some of the details of, when he walks in, when the the kid who who died walks in, not kid, he was 25, 26, when he walks in, there's somebody across the street who notices him, and he calls, that person calls 911 and says that someone is on this property, they're trespassing on this property. There's also people kind of in the corner of the video, and in the corner of the video is where McMichael's house is. So mm. it's possible that that was McMichael. And if their lawyer is going to use these defenses, the citizen's arrest defense, then this would sa- this could potentially satisfy the you have to have immediate knowledge that a crime is being committed. And if they were in that vicinity and they saw what was going on and they were waiting for that to happen because maybe they had seen people going into houses before because they say they had a string of break-ins. Now, they didn't necessarily call and report these break-ins to the police because they said there was only one reported break-in. And those people got in a car and drove and it was a truck. So it's very well possible they were standing near the house potentially waiting for this to happen. I think it's also for that citizen's arrest thing, it's possible that it's narrow enough that it has to be your retaliation, your action has to be commensurate with the crime. It's so, got to be a felony. So they got to be witness a felony, which the video does not show a felony. Either way, they should have waited for the police to come, but their lawyer is also going to argue the stand your ground self-defense. They're going to argue that law. And what's what's going to happen here is, I, I, I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but they could make this the most racially divisive, explosive thing since Ferguson, if they wanted to, if they wanted to do that. Oh, they want to. Yeah. They might, if they're trying to seek like premeditated or first degree murder charge, I don't know what the exact standards are for murder in Georgia, but if the standard is too high, if they go for something premeditated, then they're going to get off because it's it wasn't that. I mean, they, what they did was wrong, but it was not a premeditated thing. It was a we got. We were trying to stop somebody, and you, there is evidence to suggest that they believed what they were doing was right. I'm not saying what they did was right. What they did was stupid. But based on the facts, it does look like these guys made a very poor decision, and it could be argued that they did not do, commit first-degree murder. So if they go for something too, too strong, then... I agree that the prosecutors and the investigative bureaus can, and of course, the media, whatever, can... But really, the people in authority can direct this to the outcome that they want. You're exactly right. And that's why when the first DA had said in a previous case, I don't I don't control the outcome. I just control the process. It's like if you control the process, a lot of times you do control the outcome. That's why the process is a constitutional right. They named the prosecutor. 
I don't know her name, but I see a photo of her. It's a yeah, African American one, yeah, female. So from Cobb, this is I think set up. Cobb. Yeah, this is set up to be a racially divisive, explosive issue in the heart right. of the culture war in Georgia. Yeah, agreed. So something that is, uh, well, we're running out of time. So I don't know what to do. I always put all the economy stuff and everything in the patron 15 but it has broader interest maybe i'll just throw one thing out there yeah go for it i'll tell you this one thing and i'll tell you the complicated stuff in the patron 15 so there's a 30-year treasury that's treasury bond that's trading at 1.43 percent that's an extremely low interest rate for 30 years of debt so if I've been wondering, like when they lowered the reserve requirements to zero, when they've generated all this fiscal stimulus, not so much, but the monetary stimulus really cheapening the dollar, really, really cheapening it, it could be hyperinflationary. That's why you don't want to do stuff like that. But I had suspected that maybe the debt collapse that was kind of foreshadowed as being up to $10 trillion and stuff I was reading from last year Maybe that debt collapse is so extreme, is so deflationary that even putting $10 trillion back into the market would simply reflate that. And I'm just saying as a data point to kind of try to understand where that's going, I would say a 1.43% 30-year makes me think that the market is not anticipating not only not hyperinflation, but no inflation at all and potentially negative short-term rates. So I just think that's an interesting economic fact. But I have a bigger picture kind of Cold War idea that I'll tell you in the Patreon 15. All right. And I will tell you about how the Queen of England is handling the coronavirus and a new movie coming out that might be of interest related to the prince. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we post every time that we post a DNB, you can go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. And for five bucks a month, 15 cents a day, less than 15 cents a day, you can get access to that content and other great stuff we do. And we also accept donations above and beyond that to help us continue to produce the show. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.